Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for August 13th, 2017. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Dan McClintock, Family Life and Missions Minister at Park Road Baptist Church. Dan's sermon today is entitled, Preach the Gospel Always. If necessary, use words. With Mozart and Bach on the same morning, what a treat. And thank you for the Jackie Robinson story. It's not in my sermon, but, but I wish it had been. It's a very good story. Preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words. As we begin this morning, I must offer a brief disclaimer. Many of you know that my wife is a faithful Catholic. Given that today's sermon topic is often attributed to St. Francis, you might be tempted to think that she chose it. She didn't, although she does like it. One of you chose it. And though you may have noticed quotes by St. Ignatius, St. Thomas, and St. Teresa in today's bulletin, she didn't put the bulletin together either. I did, however, try to get her to write this sermon for me, (laughs) but to no avail. Today's sermon topic sounds to some of us like something we could find in the Bible. Preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words. It signifies, of course, that the gospel ought to be embodied in our actions, in the way we live, and in the deeds that we perform. The fact that it sounds like it could be biblical brings to mind a few other familiar quotes. God helps those who help themselves. Bible? No, Ben Franklin. The Lord works in mysterious ways. While this may be true, those words were penned by William Cowper, English poet, not by any of the biblical writers. Cleanliness is next to godliness. That's John Wesley. What about everything happens for a reason? or spare the rod, spoil the child. No, you can't find either of those in the Bible either. And then there's my favorite. When questioned in an interview about his team's five-win losing season with the Chicago Bears, Coach Mike Ditka responded, as the Bible says, this too shall pass. Unfortunately, the Bible doesn't say that, nor did Mike Mike Ditka hold on to his coaching job the following season. So, preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words, isn't found in the Bible. Instead, it's a saying that is most commonly attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. The problem is, Scholars agree that St. Francis probably never said those words and certainly never wrote them down. In fact, 
The words didn't even appear until centuries after Francis' death, and even then were not penned by members of the Franciscan order. He did say a couple of things that sound similar and that express something of the same sentiment. It is no use walking anywhere to preach unless our walking is our preaching. And then he said, no brother should preach contrary to the form and regulations of the Holy Church. All the friars should preach by their deeds. Both by these words and by his example, it's evident that St. Francis had a deep commitment to both the proclamation and the embodiment of the gospel. Even if we can't name many of the saints, most of us know something about St. Francis, who lived at the turn of the 13th century. And by taking the name Francis, the current Pope has caused renewed interest in this saint. We might mistakenly think of him as a barefoot, soft-talking, sentimental, free-thinking, head-in-the-clouds, tree-and-animal hugger. This may be understandable if all you know of him is his statue. You know the one, the birds in his hands, that gets prominently placed in the flower garden. But in fact, as one of his biographers has said, he was a man who wholeheartedly answered Jesus' call to follow him. One could strip down his life to three essential elements, loving Jesus above all else, living the gospel completely, and preaching the gospel by his words and his life. When he approached the Pope about establishing a new religious order, the Pope initially hesitated. Why? Because he thought Francis' call to live in poverty and to own nothing was far too demanding. We also know that much of Francis' ministry was taken up by preaching. He sometimes preached in up to five villages a day, often outdoors. In the country, Francis spoke from a bale of straw or a granary doorway. In town, he would climb on a box or preach from the steps of a public building. It is said that he preached to any who gathered to hear the strange but fiery little preacher from Assisi. He was sometimes so animated and passionate in his delivery that his feet moved as if he were dancing. Francis is often credited with creating the first living creche with a variety of barn animals and the full cast of characters. I know Park Rodians would appreciate knowing that after all the years of doing the not live nativity scene here at church. One of the stories that's told about his preaching tells of a small village where he preached so effectively that everyone in the village wanted to join his order and follow Jesus just the way he did. And remember, they knew that that meant celibacy and owning no possessions. 
On another occasion, he went to preach to the Muslim Sultan of Egypt during the Fifth Crusade. He went almost expecting to be martyred, but the Sultan met with him and allowed him to share the gospel and then assured his safe passage back to Italy. Perhaps one of the better known stories about Francis is that he even preached to the birds and that they would sit in nearby trees and on fence posts and listen attentively. Most likely, this story, somewhat embellished, reflects Francis' recognition that God's handiwork is present in all of creation. Seeing the beauty and the marvels in nature was another way for him to continually praise and love God. So there can be no doubt that for Francis, preaching the gospel and living it out in everyday life, embodying it, were equally important. It wasn't a matter of either or, but instead of both preaching it and living it. At the time and in the context where Francis lived, most people were uneducated and illiterate. They were unable to read the Bible. Baptist News Global certainly wasn't an option, nor was listening to podcasts about Christian theology. In Francis' day, the words of Paul to the church at Rome were strikingly valid. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Verbal communication as a means of passing on wisdom and information was absolutely essential at that time. Francis lived in an age and a culture that gave lip service to the Christian faith, but their actions often betrayed very different beliefs and values. Many of the priests lived in luxury, and the church had acquired vast amounts of land. Francis embraced the truth that the nature and character of the life he led gave authority to the gospel he proclaimed with his mouth. Preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words. The social gospel movement, which began in the early 1900s and still has influence today, would resonate with this saying, but might take it even one step further. Preach the gospel at all times Use words only if absolutely necessary. One of the defining theologians for the social gospel movement was Walter Rauschenbusch, a Baptist pastor of a congregation located in Hell's Kitchen. His work, Christianity and the Social Crisis, has been called the finest distillation of social gospel thought. Rauschenbusch railed against what he regarded as the selfishness of capitalism and supported social reform and the creation of labor unions. Other pastors like Dwight Moody refused to preach about social issues and claimed that the social gospel distracted people from the life-saving message of the real gospel. 
Sound familiar? Rauschenbusch states that the individualistic gospel has made sinfulness of the individual very clear, but it has not shed light on institutionalized sinfulness. I quote, it has not evoked faith in the will and power of God to redeem the permanent institutions of human society from their inherited guilt of oppression and extortion. This ideology would be inherited by liberation theologians and civil rights advocates and leaders such as Martin Luther King Jr. Rauschenbusch argues that we need to return to a doctrine of the kingdom of God, which he sees as prophetic, future-focused ideology and a revolutionary social and political force that understands all creation to be sacred. And it can help save not only the individual, but the problematic, sinful social order. Obviously, this debate between social gospel and individualistic gospel continues in some form even today. In preparing the sermon, I came across a number of articles that argued that the notion of preaching the gospel without words was both ridiculous and impossible. For them, the quote should be, preach the gospel and use words since they are always necessary. Taken to the extreme, this approach leads to tracts like the Four Spiritual Laws and to what I refer to as hit-and-run evangelism. Before going to France to work with university students, we had to jump through quite a few hoops with the then Foreign Mission Board of the SBC. In fact, a year's worth of hoops. But we were young and foolish and determined to go to France, so we jumped. One of the requirements, the most uncomfortable and objectionable to me, was to be certified in CWT, Christian Witness Training. I was flown to Boston, from Boston, from somewhere, to somewhere in Alabama to participate in a training at a church that was using this CWT program for outreach. We were required to memorize verbatim a gospel presentation, gospel presentation, most of which God has graciously allowed me to forget. <laughs> However, I do remember that it began, if you were to die tonight and God asked, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? I know. It's embarrassing. The first night of visitation, we were to listen as an experienced coach made the presentation. The first person who answered the door when we knocked was a woman who was totally distraught because her 15-year-old daughter had left her a note an hour before and she had run away from home. I had already had about eight years of campus ministry experience and my focus in seminary was pastoral care and counseling. 
So I was able to help by encouraging her to talk about it and helping her to think about possible courses of action. My coach partner was mostly silent. And I thought, thank goodness he sees that this is not the best time to start his memorized spiel. I was wrong. He was not going to leave without going through the entire thing in spite of my numerous interruptions. The following night, when it was my turn to do the presentation, for some unknown reason, I was assigned to a different coach. We left the church with four prospect cards. And as proof to me once again that there is a God, none of those people were at home that night. <laughs> Does this mean that I think using words to present the gospel is somehow wrong or objectionable? Not at all. I am, however, personally put off by memorized, canned, presentations. I do believe that it is right and appropriate to tell people about your own spiritual journey and about how God has moved in your life and changed it for the good. I know that millennials don't like it when we generalize about them, but millennials are onto something in that they like to share stories. They like to share their own story and they want to hear other people's stories. Your story of faith is unique, and God can use it to speak to others. I think it's important for people to know and experience God's love, and to know that God was in Christ reconciling the world, that in Christ we are offered redemption and forgiveness. For me, this quote should read, preach the gospel at all times, and when given the opportunity, use words. Here at Park Road, we feed people at the men's shelter, we prepare iced tea at the Urban Ministry Center, we welcome homeless folks for room in the inn and from the Salvation Army Center of Hope, we host guests at Charlotte Family Housing, we reach out to students and teachers at Sedgefield. We knit prayer shawls for the sick. We sew pillow dresses for children. We're preaching the gospel through so many different ministries, and many of you are involved in living out your own faith in other ways outside the church. We don't pretend to live the gospel as simply or as well as Francis did. We could probably all embody it and live it better than we do. But I suspect for most of us, it's the use words part that gives us the most trouble. A few weeks ago in worship, we sang that old hymn, I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know it is true. It satisfies my longing as nothing else can do. 
If we want to follow Francis' example, then it's not an either-or proposition, but instead a both-and. Preach the gospel at all times, and given the opportunity, use words. May it be so. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you. Thank you.